Well, good morning. How y'all doing today? Man, it's a good day. Amen? It is so good to be back. Uh, you guys know last week Stacy and I were out. Uh, if you did not hear, we were actually in Minnesota, up in Minneapolis. And you may not realize this, but Stacy and I have had the opportunity uh, throughout the last several years uh, to serve as an overseer for several different churches. And, and this little church, Souls Church, they wanted to relaunch their church five years ago. And we stepped up to coach them and help them and invest in them and just went up to celebrate their five-year anniversary. And since that time, hundreds of people have come to know Christ. The church has grown so well. But I'm going to tell you what, Minnesota, the weather while we was there, it actually kind of felt like Louisiana weather. Uh, it was a little warm while we were there. I was a little shocked by that. But we had a great time. Well, I had a great time. My wife got food poisoning while we were there. But uh, I had a good time. Uh, and uh, all that good stuff. So here's the deal. We actually are in this series right now called God Never Said That. And next Sunday, we're going to wrap this series up. I'm going to tell you the truth today. T today's message is, is a little bit more serious in nature. And it's something that we all need to learn to deal with within our lives. And as we look to the Word of God, we find so much how God just wants to change us. Everybody say change. And change is a good thing. Would you agree with that? We fight change. We don't like change, but change is really good. And before we dive off into this message wholeheartedly, I do want to take a moment to welcome anybody who is here today as a guest. Uh, my name is Jay. My wife, Stacy and I are the lead pastors here at Journey. And it is such a blessing for us to be able to have you today as our guest. And then I also want to take a moment just to welcome uh, those of you who are joining us on the live stream right now. It's always great to have you with us. And uh, actually was talking with one of our church families here at Journey, and she was telling me how much it was a blessing that one of her family members went through a, a, a double lung transplant. And uh, she was at home. Her name is Kristen Miley. She was at home. She was able to watch uh, the live stream and still stay in tune with the worship experience. So Kristen, I want to tell you, I've been praying for you and just trusting God for complete and total healing in your life. And we're just believing God's best for you. And so Journey Church, can we give all those who are joining us and Kristen as well, a great big Journey Church welcome this morning. I, now also, I want to tell y'all something that is so exciting uh, Y'all know as we get into the, the fall, we always, in the, the spring and the fall, we do uh, what we call serve like crazy. It's outreach where we get outside the church and we go be the church to the community. We show the community uh, the, what, it, what the love of Christ and what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so this fall, what we're going to do is we're actually going to take our journey fest and we're going to combine that with serve like crazy. And instead of doing a journey fest here on our grounds, we're actually going to go out into different neighborhoods on Halloween night through the life groups. And the point of it, I love the name of this, we're going to call it Light the Night. Uh, literally taking the light of Christ out into the neighborhoods and, and letting a, a night that is, is dedicated to fear and, and, and darkness and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be uh, proclaim the light of Jesus. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out in those neighborhoods. We're going to pass out candy. We're going to pass out. I think they got cotton candy that they're going to pass out. We're going to wear our serve shirts and just have a great time uh, 
just being the, the light of Christ and showing people the love of Jesus on that night. So we're going to do that. We've also got some other projects that we are going to unveil in the weeks ahead, uh, that week leading up to that. And so very excited about that. I know y'all love to serve, right? Uh, it is a blessing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And actually, is when we uh, planted Journey Church, we said we're launching this brand new church, we've always had uh, the reputation of being a church that serves within our community. So guys, thank y'all so much for your heart to be able to do that. We're going to have more information on Serve Like Crazy coming up and Light the Night and how you and your family can participate, but it is going to be a blast. Now, we're jumping into this message, and I want to ask you this series of questions to find out to kind of, you know, just kind of see where everybody is and to kind of see, you know, just some similarities within our life. And so here we go. If you have ever driven a car, raise your hand. Okay. All right. If you have ever eaten ice cream, raise your hand. My people. Yeah. If you have ever caught a fish, raise your hand. If you have ever sinned, raise your hand. Okay, you too. All right, now keep it up. Keep, if you keep it up, okay. Now everybody, look around. Look around, okay. Smile at the people around you. Yeah. Now you can put your hands down. But here's the thing: it, if you didn't raise your hand on that, need to talk to you after church, okay? You got to find out what's going on there. All right. But the point in all that is to show you that I don't care who you are, I don't care what your background is, I don't care, uh, you know, what you look like, think like, act like, talk like, whatever. Everybody sins. Everybody has an issue with sin. It is something that is a part of this world that we live in, and as believers, it's something that a lot of times we don't really like to focus on, we don't really like to, to think about or talk about. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I know we come in here and it's great to talk about encouragement and all those types of things. But I'm going to tell you something. As your pastor, I love you. Look at your neighbor and say, he loves us. I do. And I want you to understand something. If I don't talk to you about the destructive nature of sin, the eternal consequences of sin, then actually I am cheating you and I'm not being a good pastor. I'm not pastoring you in the way of Christ if I do not talk to you about sin. And so here's the thing that I want to ask you, because I, I got you in this question and answer mode, and this is the direction I want to take you. If you identify as a Christ follower, you say, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I'm following after Jesus, and I'm going to tell you something. If you look at your life as a Christian, and you see no difference in your life and those around you who do not claim Christ at all, they are non-believers, then at some point you have to ask yourself, is there a difference inside of me? Am I genuinely serving God or do I just have the label of Christianity? Now, remember what I said, today's message is going to be a little bit more serious in nature because I want today's message to be a great time of us all personally soul-searching and allowing God to bring change. Everybody say change. We don't want to stay the way we are. We want to what? Change. We want to change. I know it's difficult to embrace. I know sometimes we're like, no, I don't like change and all that kind of stuff. But we need to embrace change for our lives. And here's one of the problems that I see within the church world today. It's this. We want to add Christ to our life, but we don't want to change the way we live. 
Pastor Jay, that's not very nice. It's honest. It's truthful. I want to have the benefits of Christianity, but I do not want to change these things within my life. I want to hold on to them and let them be a part of my life. And here's what we need. Get this. We need spiritual maturity. You might say, well, what is spiritual maturity? Isn't that knowing a whole bunch of scripture verses? And isn't that going to every Bible study that I can possibly find? Those are good things. It's great to memorize the word of God. As I like to say, you need to put God's word in your heart when you don't need it. So it will be there when you do need it. It's great to go to a Bible study and get encouraged and grow. But here's the hallmark of spiritual maturity. It's one word. Obedience. It is following what God puts forth before us through his word and applying it to our life and being obedient so that we are growing in our personal walk with Christ. And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to walk you through. We're in this series, God Never Said That. What I want to do today is I want to walk you through three common misconceptions that people have regarding sin. And sandwiched right in the middle of the two is the one statement that a lot of people believe is in the Bible. A lot of people believe that that it's scriptural. We embrace it as a scriptural mindset, but it's not in the Bible. And a lot of times we get these ideas about things that are in the Bible that are not. There might be principles around it, but it's not necessarily in the Bible. In other words, God never said that. And so today I want to walk you through three common misconceptions that a lot of times we have as the body of Christ, as the church, regarding sin. And the first one is this. And this seems to be a common one because I hear this quite a bit from people. They make this statement. They say, I'm not a bad person. Well, you know what? I know all this stuff's going on in the world. I know this has happened. I know I've got this in my life. But I'm really not a bad person. There's a lot of bad people in this world. But generally, I am a good person. Now, how many of you in this room have ever heard somebody say that before? Raise your hand. Okay. It is so quiet in here, you could hear a pin drop right now. People are like, what's he going to say next? I don't know if I'm going to like it. It's all right. Here's the deal. Are you ready for this? You're actually a bad person. So am I. You know why? Because we're sinners. Remember when I asked you earlier how many of us have ever sinned? Pretty much, I think, almost everybody in this room raised their hand. And the truth of the matter is, in reality, we are born with a sin nature. This mindset of always living life, thinking of ourselves, handling things to where it is deferred to us. And here's the reality. All of us are sinners born with a sin nature. And if we die in that sin nature without receiving what Jesus did for us at the cross, we face an eternity separated from a holy God, a God who loves us so much he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth for us. We have this this bent within our lives towards sinfulness, towards doing things that go contrary to what God's word tells us. And whenever we fall into that, we say things like, well, you know what? I'm not really a bad person. I'm a good person. And we use that as a cover-up for the things within our life that we don't want to face, that we don't want to deal with. Well, 
Let's look at what Scripture says. Because Scripture says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. And you say, well, you know what? I'm really a good person. It says if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We are sinful human beings. And the reality is we need to recognize that within our lives. Because if we don't, we are in grave spiritual danger. You have to see your need for a Savior in order to receive a Savior within your life. I heard a story years ago. I thought it was kind of a cool story. A guy went on a, on a tour over in Africa, and they toured the, you know, they went to Egypt, and they looked at all the pyramids. They did all this kind of stuff. Well, this guy got separated from his party, and he wound up lost in the desert. And he's making his way through the desert. He's thirsty. He's miserable. And he comes over this, this, this sand dune, and there's a guy there fully decked out, wearing a suit, wearing a tie, and over his arm he had all these ties. And he said, I'm selling neckties. The guy was like, in the middle of the desert, he said, yes, sir, you need a necktie. Why don't you buy a necktie? He said, dude, I'm out here in the desert. I am sweating. I'm thirsty. I certainly do not need a necktie. It is absolutely crazy for me to get a necktie. And the guy said, I'm telling you. You need a necktie. He said, get away from me. The guy, he went on his way. He continues to make his way through the desert, sand dune after sand dune. He's thirsty. He's hot. He's miserable. And eventually, he comes over the sand dune, and in the distance, he can see an oasis. As he gets closer, there's this amazing resort with swimming pools and all this really cool stuff. And he, he stumbles up to the front door of this resort. There's a, a fancy maitre d' right there. He said, oh my gosh, thank you. I have been saved. I can get something to drink. I can go take a swim in the pool. He said, I need to get into your resort. I need to get a room. And the guy says, sir, this is a proper resort. And able to, in order to get into this resort, you need the proper attire. You need a necktie. If you don't see your need for a necktie, you're not going to take a necktie. If you don't see your need for a savior... You'll never receive a Savior. If you look at your life and say, you know what, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. Everything that I do in the world, when I look around the world and I view my life in regards to other people in the world, I'm looking pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not a mass murderer or anything like that. I'm a good person. You know, I know I mess up every now and then, but I'm no Hitler. Right? But the reality is, we can't compare ourselves to the other people in this world. What does it look like when we compare ourselves to a holy God? What does it look like whenever we view our life in regards to Him, to God? L listen to what Isaiah 64, 6 says. It says, when we, we look at our lives in regards to, to our, our the things within our lives. It says all of us have become like one who is unclean. Look at the next part. And all of our righteous acts, the things that we try to, to do to prove that we are not bad people, that we're good people, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our, our sins sweep us away. In other words, our sins will bring utter destruction to our lives. 
The things that we try to do that are so good in the sight of God, inside of his holiness, they are like filthy rags. And so the reality is our best attempts at righteousness in the eyes of God, they fall incredibly short. In other words, we need a Savior. When we come to the realization that we face a life of sin, we've messed up, a life of following the things that we want instead of what God wants, then we understand that we fall incredibly short. And unless we see that we are sinful people in the eyes of God, then we will never see our need for Jesus. And oh, I'm going to tell you something. We need Jesus. The one who loved us so much, he went to the cross because he knew there was no other way. The one who loved us so much that he endured the horrors of the cross, death on the cross, so that we could be made right. We could be put in right standing with God. I remember whenever Stacy and I, we stepped off in ministry, the, the gentleman who was our pastor at that time, his name was Pastor Calvin Cobb. Boy, we love Brother Calvin. He was so much fun. And I remember him, he used to make a statement he used to say, some, he says, sometimes you got to get people lost before you can get them saved. Because everybody's got the mindset of, I'm good, I'm not a bad person. I look around the world and I see all the things in the world. And in regards of that, I'm actually a pretty good person. But what does it look like whenever you take your life and compare it to God? Let me say this to you. One day when you're standing in front of God, you won't give an account for the whole world. You'll give an account for yourself. I will stand before God and give an account of my life. You will stand before God and give an account of your life. And so the reality is whenever you think about that we, I'm not a bad person, the truth of the matter is we need to admit that we are sinful people and we see our need for a loving Savior who can forgive us. Amen? Look at your, your neighbor and say, that's good news right there. Now, the, the next one is kind of what this entire message is based around today. The first thing I want to do is help you get over the misconception that a lot of people have. Well, I'm not bad. We, in reality, are sinners. We need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. But the next thing is something that I hear from people on a regular basis. And I've heard it my whole life, and it's this. Is that all sin is the same. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what it looks like, all sin is the same. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room have ever heard that said before? Raise your hand. Maybe you've even said that before. All sin is exactly the same. Well, let, let, me, let me give you this little scenario. I remember whenever Stacy and I, we first started dating, we went out to eat with her dad. Now, I was raised in a family. We had a large family. We didn't have a whole lot of money, so we didn't eat fancy things for the most part. My mom cooked casseroles and soups and stuff like that. I don't ever remember not even one time as a family us having steak for dinner, okay? And so consequently, whenever her dad took us out to eat, we were going to go to the steakhouse, and I'm like, this is exciting. And I remember we went and ate at the big fancy steakhouse. It's called Ryan's Family Steakhouse. <laughs> Y'all remember some Ryan's, huh? And I remember 
Whenever we got there, her dad, we had been there before, and typically, you know, you get the buffet and you go eat your mac and cheese and your rolls and honey butter and, and all kinds of ice cream and stuff like that. Well, her dad, he got up there and said, I want a steak. And so he ordered the steak, and he looked at me and said, you want a steak? I'm like, well, if you're paying, I certainly do. <laughs> and I ordered that steak, and I remember you go sit down at the table, when it was ready, they bring it to you. I sat, I don't know, it was a sirloin or whatever, and I'm cutting into that steak, and I'm like, this is, this is pretty good steak. And so that really was probably one of my first experiences eating steak. I didn't have to pay for it. It's exciting because, man, it's a, it's, it's a good steak, but it's a Ryan steak. And I remember you fast forward them from that probably, I guess we, we were married at that point, so probably a year and a half later, I was working for Mutual of Omaha Insurance Co Company. I was an insurance agent, and we had met our quota that month. And so the manager, to celebrate, he said, we're all going to eat. And he took us to this fancy, fine dining restaurant in Alexandria. There's not a whole lot of them because Alexandria ain't got a whole lot. But he took us to this restaurant at that point. It was called Janon's. And I remember whenever I found out we were going to Janon's, I'm like, ooh, man, we stepping up in the world. I remember we showed up there that day for lunch, and the little waiter, he comes over, and he says, let me tell you about the special of the day. He said, the special of the day is a filet mignon, and it is covered with shrimp, crab, and crawfish meat, and then covered with whatever type of sauce that they had. And the manager said, I will have that. In fact, this is what I want you to do. I want you to double my order. He said, I want two filet mignons covered with that stuff. And I said, well, you know what? That sounds good to me. I'll have the same exact thing because he's paying. Now, I got to tell you, when they brought that steak and sat it down in front of me and I cut into it and took that first bite, I discovered right then and there that the steak that I had at Ryan's and the steak at Janon's are not the same thing. In fact, it was so amazing. I went home and I told Stacy, I said, you have got, I got to take you back to this restaurant. Date night. <laughs> Took her back there. And the little, we got the same waiter. He recognized me. He's like, hey, you're back, man. I said, sure. And he said, uh, you want the special? I said, I do. And I think she's going to have the same thing. He said, you want me to double it? And I said, no, I'm paying today. Let's just single it, you know. <laughs> we, we're going to. And Stacy ate that steak. She's like, man, that's so good. Now, let me ask you a question. That steak from Ryan's and that steak from Janon's, they both came from a, a cow. And they are both known as a steak. But are they the same? Absolutely not. Two completely different things. But yet we use the same analogy whenever it comes to sin and we look at sin and we say, you know what? It is all the same. And we don't find that anywhere in Scripture. In fact, there's things within Scripture that we see that show us that all sins are not the same. And here's what I want to help you understand. All sin is the same in the sense that unforgiven sin will separate us from a holy God. Okay? What that means is the punishment for unforgiven sins is to spend eternity in a place called hell. 
Now, we're going to deal with that a little bit more next Sunday. So I encourage you, come back next Sunday, bring 27 friends with you, and we're going to have a great time studying and closing out this series, and we're going to go more in depth in that. The punishment for unforgiven sins, sins that we just live our life and disregard God and reject Christ and all that, the punishment for that is the same, and that is hell. But the consequences for our sin, both here on earth and in eternity, are not the same. And our obedience or our disobedience influences a couple of different things. Now, I want you to get this. If you're taking notes, write these things down. Because I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm not going to read the scriptures, but I'm going to give you some that you can look at on your own time. The first thing is this, is that sin within our life, it influences our rewards in heaven. Scripture shows us that if we are obedient, then we will have rewards in heaven. If you want to know where one of the verses is for that, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, talks about the judgment seat of Christ. You also find numerous places in Scripture, but also in the book of Revelation it talks about that. And here's what that looks like. The, the judgment seat of Christ, known as the Bema seat of Christ, is the place where we would give an account as believers as to what we did here on this earth. And also there will be rewards that are given to us, crowns that we can cast at the feet of Jesus uh, to honor, to celebrate, and to glorify him. And so the things that we do on this earth do matter. I remember one of my, my favorite movies uh, was Gladiator. Anybody ever seen Gladiator? And I love that movie. That actually, I, I make this statement, Gladiator is the greatest movie ever produced in the history of mankind. Okay, Blake, he got me over there. He's like, yeah, okay. Anybody else feel that way? Yeah, a couple other guys, okay. All right, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, okay. There's a statement in that movie when General Maximus Decimus Meridius, he says to his men before they ride into battle, he says, what we do on life echoes in eternity. And you need to get, the, get this through your heart, get this through your mind. What you do here on this earth really does matter. Oh, it's not a big deal if I do that. Yes, it is. This is not a game. We get one life, and the 70, 80 years that we get here on this earth are just a blink in respect to eternity. And you will spend your eternity in one of two places, either in the presence of God for all of eternity in heaven, or you will face an eternity separated from God in hell. And so you need to understand that our sins, our obedience, or our disobedience, it influences our rewards in heaven. The second thing is it influences our punishment in hell. It's, hell's a real place. Don't listen to the things that, oh, that's just a metaphor. You know, hell's really here on earth while we're living in this life. And, and don't listen to all that. The Bible clearly tells us that there is a place of eternal existence called hell. And scripture is clear that there are some actions that people will commit against the heart of God that will lead to more severe punishment in hell. Well, actually, if you're going to look at a verse, but if you want to look at something in your own time, Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 13, talks about that. And so understand that, that, that our actions here on this earth, the sins that we commit, really do matter. Here's the next thing. Number three, it influences our consequences on earth. In other words, there are some sins that won't wreck your life nearly as fast. I want you to understand this. There are some sins that will hurt very quick, very bad, very fast. But there are some sins that you can commit that they may not affect your life nearly as quick. Here's what it looks like. Okay, let's just say you get out of church 
and you're so excited about getting out of here and going and eating a steak somewhere because Pastor Jay talked about steak. Why did he talk about food in church? He does that to us all the time, okay? And so you get on the central throughway and you're in such a rush to get to the Golden Corral because there's no more Ryans, okay? And you get on central throughway and you rev it up and you do 120 miles an hour. Central throughway, okay? And you get pulled over and you get a ticket. You might get arrested, I don't know. You get a ticket. Now here's a question. Is that a sin? Yeah, really? Posted speed limit, 55. And you say, you know what? Forget that. I know better than that. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You put the pedal to the metal. Are you, is that a sin? Yes. Okay. You get a speeding ticket. It's $300. You pay the fine. Is that going to wreck your life? Probably not. might affect your insurance. Not going to wreck your life. But let's say you leave here, you go to the Golden Corral, you open your wallet, and there's no money. And you really want that mac and cheese bad. So you put your wallet back in your pocket, you get back in your vehicle, you go down the road to the Capital One, you tie a chain around the ATM, hook it up to your vehicle, and jerk that sucker out of the wall. And then you go to the back of it and you pull out five grand, you put it in your wallet, and you go back to the Golden Corral, and you walk in and you say, mac and cheese for everybody, okay? <laughs> now, is that a sin? I noticed y'all answered on that one a whole lot quicker. And the reason why is because y'all like, we ain't, we ain't ever robbed no bank, Pastor Jay. But everybody in this room is, you speed or you have sped, and you're like, mm, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> but here's the question. As you're at the Golden Corral and you're eating your mac and cheese, the cops show up. And they say, they walk up to you and say, sir, we're going to need to talk to you for a minute. And you're like, what's the problem? They're like, you still have the ATM chained to the back of your vehicle. And they arrest you, and they take you to jail, and you go to prison for 10 years. Now, let me ask you a question. Are they both sins? But one really wrecked your life really fast. The other one, if you don't get your speed under control, the next thing you know, your insurance goes through the roof. So they'll both mess you up. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Not all sin is the same, but they will uh, have tremendous influences on our consequences here on this earth. In other words, some sins will wreck your life a whole lot faster. All sin is not the same, and there are severe consequences, things that we face here on this earth for different types of sin. In fact, let me, read, let me take you to Scripture, because in Luke chapter 20, it talks to us about consequences of sin within our life. Uh, Jesus is teaching here, he's talking about uh, the Pharisees, the teachers in the land at that time, teachers of the law, and he says this, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. But they devour widows' houses and for show make lengthy prayers. In other words, they got the look of Christianity, they got the look of godliness, but it's all just a show. Look what it says at the end. 
these men will be punished what? Don't tell me that all sin is the same. There are different consequences here on this earth. There are different consequences in eternity. And so that misconception that we have, a lot of times the enemy uses that within our life to have, bring us to the place where we try to justify our own sin. We look at people around us and we say, you know what, I'm not nearly as bad as that person. And all sin is the same. The reality is we need to come to grips with that we are born with a sin nature. We need a Savior and His name is Jesus Christ. And then the last thing that I want to help you understand is this. And this is a big misconception that so many people get snared in. And it's the mindset, I've already messed up, so I'll just keep on sinning. I've already blown it. So I might as well just keep on going. You know, it's, whatever. It's part of life. Think of it like this. Have you ever gone on a diet? Oh, you've been there. <laughs> and you're doing really good, then you blow it. I do that on a regular basis. I do. We go, to, we go to Sam's and we buy that big old box of Oreo cookies. And I'm not, those things come in those plastic sleeves. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's 13 cookies in a sleeve, just so you know. <laughs> I counted. And I will do good all day long. You know, eating the right meal if I eat breakfast. Uh, lunchtime salad or, you know, a, a turkey sandwich, eat an apple for my snack, some almonds, you know, and then I get home and I just go crazy. And I'm like, there's food in the house. And here's what happens. I walk in the pantry, I see the Oreos, and I'm like, not going to do it. Okay, maybe I will. <laughs> Take a sleeve of Oreos. I'm only going to eat like four or five. <laughs> I eat four or five. And then here's what I say. Well, you know, if I, roll, you know, if I close that off and put it back in the box, they're going to go stale. <laughs> and I know Stacy doesn't need to eat these Oreos. And I'm not saying that she doesn't need. That's, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> I did not go in this direction in the first service, so <laughs> uncharted territory. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I know that if I put... <laughs> If I put those Oreos up, they're going to go bad. So you know what? I might as well just eat all of them. Might as well just eat the whole sleeve. That's how I know there's 13 in a sleeve. Because I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to eat the whole sleeve, I need to know how many cookies are in the sleeve. And it's like, you know what? Once you eat the half the sleeve, you might as well finish it off because you've already blown it. And here's what the devil does. He says, you know what? You've already clicked that button on your computer. So you might as well keep going. You've already sinned. So what difference does it make if you continue to look at images on your computer? You know, you already misled somebody about that one time. So what's the big deal about continuing to mislead people regarding that? You already cheated on that one test. So what's the big deal about continuing to cheat on future exams as you make your way through high school or college? 
You see how the enemy tricks us into grabbing a hold of that mindset of, you know what, you've already messed up, so keep on going. And here's what Peter talks about, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. He talks about how we get entangled in sin. He says this, talking about believers, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. You know what, I'm going to tell you something. As a believer, when we get caught up in sin, it is a miserable place to be. Because you grab a hold of that little hook, it's got that bait on it. You grab a hold of it, you think, oh, it's not a big deal. But then you get tangled up in it. And then the enemy who told you everything was great, everything was fine, everybody else is doing it, he comes and he heaps guilt and shame all over you. Why is sin so destructive? Why is it that sin will start off within our life and it looks okay, but the next thing you know it's so destructive. And here's why it's so destructive. It starts off small, starts off as no big deal, and the next thing you know it grows. And it gets bigger. And eventually it destroys. And it's kind of like this. The boys over the course of the summertime, this is what I told them. Bryce and Reese said, you know what, guys? All you have to do, just keep the yard up and weed the flower beds. No big deal. Just cut the grass once a week. Go through and weed the flower beds once a week. No big deal. Takes maybe 10 minutes to weed the flower bed. And the first week went by and they said, eh. And the second week went by and they said, eh. And then by week three and four, I'm starting to notice, hmm, something doesn't look right in the flower bed. Guys, you need to make sure you weed the flower bed. And then they got busy, eh. And I'm not kidding you, probably two, two and a half months went by. They didn't weed the flower bed. We pulled up in our driveway and my wife said, what is going on with the flower bed? The weeds were higher than the flowers and the shrubs. And so it was time to have a family meeting. <laughs> and we said, it's time to take care. And they said, Dad, we need your help. It's gotten so bad, it's going to take like hours. We need your help. I said, you know what, I'll jump in there and help you. So what could have been if we'd have taken 10 minutes, or no, let me back up. What could have been if they would have taken 10 minutes actually turned into us taking probably, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, weed the whole flower bed, trim all the shrubs and all that kind of stuff. And I got to tell you what, we got in there, there were weeds that were rooted down deep. They had spread all throughout the flower. It was bad, y'all. And that is exactly what sin looks like. Oh, eh, it's not that big of a deal to do that. Eh, everybody else is doing it. Eh, at least I'm, you know, not a serial killer. The, thing, the excuses that we come up with. Then it takes hold. It puts down roots. It grows. It takes over. And the next thing you know, it brings destruction within our lives. It affects our marriages. It affects our family. It affects our integrity. It affects all different types of things within our life. Here's how James describes it. He says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It brings destruction to our lives. You might say, okay, well, Pastor Jay, man, you've really, 
You brought us up to speed on, 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 on sin. I understand now. I'm born with a sin nature. I, I, in reality, at my core, I'm not a good person. I, I'm a sinner. But Jesus went to the cross so that I could be made righteous. I could be put in right standing with God. I understand that not all sins are the same, that there are different consequences for sin, both here on earth but also in eternity. And I also, as I begin to think about this and, I, and I, I really begin to understand sin, then I begin to also understand that if sin is something that I get caught up in, that it'll take over my life and it'll bring destruction to me. What's the answer? One word, repentance. The answer to sin, the antidote to sin is repentance and returning to the ways of God. I love how John, when he writes, he says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, one of my favorite verses, he says, if we confess our sins, in other words, acknowledge that they are. Sin is not something to avoid. Sin is something to address and deal with, okay? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us our sins and he will, here's the word, purify us from all unrighteousness. Look right there. Purify us. Everybody say purify. I love that word. In this room today, maybe some repentance needs to take place. And so I want to take a moment, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to have this one thought. I want you to think of your life, and we started this entire conversation off with this. Is that if I claim Christ, if I say that I'm a Christian, is there a noticeable difference between my life and people who do not claim Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life? And for some of you in this room, we talk about that word purify. Maybe the first step for you is to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe what you have done or have been doing to this point is you're trying to get to heaven by being a good person. Well, we just discovered that all of us have a sin nature. You're trying to get to heaven by, by going to church from time to time. And the reality is there is only one way, and it's found in surrendering your life and your heart to Jesus. And maybe today for some of you in this room, that's, it's time for you to take that step for the very first time. Might be others of you in here who would say, well, Pastor Jay, I, I look at my life, and I used to have a relationship with God. And I got entangled in stuff. Just like Peter wrote about. And today, my life was so great whenever I was following after the Lord. Sure, there were things that I walked through, but man, it's a mess right now. And I know that I need to renew my commitment to Christ. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. But today, if that's you, I want to pray with you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Please don't anybody peek or look around this is a very personal very private moment in this room if you would say Pastor Jay I want to be a part of that prayer I need to surrender my life to Jesus very first time or I need to get my heart right with him all over again it's time to deal 
with sin. It's time to quit avoiding and it's time to dress it. And I need to renew my commitment to Jesus Christ today. If you would say, Pastor Jay, that, that's me. I, I want to be a part of that prayer that you're about to pray here in a moment. I want to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you today, do me a favor and raise your hand. Anybody in this room right now? I see you right here, right here, right here. I see you right here in the back over here. I see you over here, right here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this moment. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit is stirring your heart. I see you right here. Then now's the time to take that step. I see you in the back. Now for those of you who raised your hand, this is your moment. Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart. You've come to that realization. I am a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I want Jesus to be the Savior of my life. And so today, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. You're going to confess from your mouth. Jesus is Lord. And so this prayer, open up your heart a little bit further. And you just talk to the Lord. Everybody in this room, let's pray together. Let's encourage these ones who raise their hands. I want you to pray this loud enough. Everybody in this room where you can hear it with your ears, I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me because of that love. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Today I admit to you, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for the sin in my life. Today I repent. And through your precious blood, I ask you to make me brand new. I surrender to you. And Jesus, I ask you to live in my heart. Be my Savior. Today I embrace you as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Every eye still closed. Every eye still closed. And here's the next thing for you. If today you look at your life and you say, there are some things that need to be dealt with. Issues. Sin. There are things that I've been avoiding that need to be addressed within my life. And I need God's forgiveness. And here's what I want you to do. Every eye still closed. If you would say, yes, that is me. Raise your hand and let me see it. Awesome. Father, I thank you for every person in this room who's bold enough, courageous enough to want to address the things in their life, that sin that needs to be dealt with. Now, if that's you and you raised your hand, maybe pray something like this right there where you are. You don't have to pray this out loud. But within your heart, pray something like, Father, I thank you for loving me enough to extend forgiveness to me. And today I confess, I repent of whatever it is. And I ask you to wash me clean. As the verse of Scripture says in 1 John, purify me today, Lord. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. And Father, I thank you that today, these ones who raise their hand, and Father, you will stir up inside of them a renewed passion to serve you, to love you, 
to live for you, Lord God, to allow you to change them day after day. And Father, I thank you that Holy Spirit, let their lives be filled with your presence. Lead them and direct them. Father, for all of us, when sin is in front of us and we are tempted, help us to run from those things that would want to destroy our life. And Father, today we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Let's everybody say together. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is so good. Now, before you leave, here's what I want to tell you. There were many of you in this room today who raised your hand. I need to give my heart to Jesus or renew my commitment to Christ. Don't try to do this journey on your own, okay? Don't be like, you know what, I got this, I got it figured out. We need people, amen? And so here's what I want you to do. Do me a favor, take a Connect card, it's right there in front of you, fill it out. Check off the box that says, today I gave my heart to Jesus. And you can do one of two things with that card. You can drop it at the Welcome Center because we want to make contact with you this next week and talk to you about that decision you made for Christ. What I would rather you do with that card, I'd rather you bring it up to one of our prayer team at the conclusion of the service because they're here to pray with you, to encourage you. They're here to answer questions and they'll talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And church family, listen to me on this. If you need prayer, our prayer team is here to pray with you, to encourage you. Do not walk out of here with the same things weighing heavy in your life that you walked in with. It's always great to have somebody pray with you over whatever your need might be. So let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to ask our prayer team to go ahead and begin to make their way here to the front in our altar area. And as we leave out of this room today, don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Hey, listen, I love you guys. Be blessed. I'll see you back here this next week.